from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock tonight. We are at the Esquire. Matt Davis is here. Yeah, he uh, he he said he's sick. Uh, I don't know if I believe that or not. I did see him earlier today, though, so he is uh, he's been fine. He's driving around town, dropped off some some paperwork at the the office, but he'll be in St. Louis on Saturday for the Bragging Rights game. Bob will be as well, right? And Robin Schultz, our photo editor, is going too. So we'll have a full contingent down there in St. Louis. He picked a good week to get sick. At least there's no game between. And uh, all three of my kids are sick as well. So uh, that's how Sky gets sick. No, no, no. My my, my four year old daughter's in dance class. According to oh. my according to my wife, there was a bunch of sick kids at dance class. So now it's it's an incubator at the Daniels household in St. Joe. Yeah, you can if you want to, Trent. It's feel free. I know you've got young kids as well, but Scott Scott will be fine. Scott will be fine. Unlike our microphones right now. They're uh, they're a little sickly, but uh, Ed Bond's working hard to fix it. So we're pushing through like we do every Monday here at the Esquire. The phone lines are open three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us, ask any question you might like. Football bowl practice underway as we finally, speak. Finally, finally, yeah. finally gets going. Lovey Smith's team is practicing at the moment right now over at the uh, the Irwin indoor facility and bob will be going there later tonight that's how he's going to spend his monday night sure so, uh, i yeah. love bowl practice you love bowl games i bob. do i love bowl games i really do i i will watch there's 39 of them i will watch 39 of them i would guess <laughs> probably th- maybe 38 there's a couple games i looked at and said i'm not so sure i can even muster up any interest in that but i'll, I'll find a way the fact that you can watch and plan to watch 39 bowl games makes me wonder about you a little bit. I understand that. But well, it, it makes me wonder why I don't have him writing more right. at, at the News Gazette. Well, it must not be busy enough. I know. I guess yeah, not. I guess, okay. Well, that's fine. you have any questions in Illinois sports, raise your hand here at the Esquire. We'll get around to you between now and 6. Pref, prep Confidential coming up tonight. Is there a Brad Underwood show, Mr. Bond, tonight at 7 o'clock? at Papa Dell, so a regular Monday night. We will be here next Monday. We will not be here two weeks because Illinois football will be playing at that time, and most of us, or at least some of us, will be out in San Francisco, so the uh, football game is a 3 o'clock game on the uh, 30th. So a couple of news items. What is becoming a weekly event out of the Big Ten office, Kofi Coburn once again, the Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the fourth time in six weeks. And uh, the Illini women have the uh, freshman of the week as well. Kennedy Miles set a school record with 
uh, school freshman record with 20 rebounds yesterday. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really impressive. Uh, I'm sure Trent Meacham here, our guest, uh, has pulled down 20 rebounds and I think uh, over the course of uh, two seasons. Okay, there, there you go. I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. I was going to let you do that. But no, Maybe it's, 20 assists. It's a, quite the collection of, of post players that, uh, that both Illinois basketball teams have at the moment. I think they should just rename the, the Freshman of the Week Award the Kofi Coburn Award until uh, otherwise, considering he's won it basically every week this season. And, and what Kennedy Miles did yesterday for the Illinois women is mightily impressive. Broke a, uh, a record, freshman record, that had been held for almost four decades with the 20 rebounds and their, their 59-44 win against Evansville. So they're sitting at 8-2. and two. They played Missouri this week as well, Friday at noon down in Columbia. So a, a chance for Nancy's Faye program, Nancy's Faye's program to, to keep the positive momentum rolling. Trent Meacham is here, and we're going to talk uh, Illinois basketball and bragging rights. A big game this week. Maybe the, a little, we could talk about this as we move along. Maybe the the luster on this game is not what it once was. Maybe it'll get back to that when the when the teams gets a little better. But uh, you played in three of those, and you were I guess you were here for four, right? Did you you sat out the one year? Yes, here for four. We were four for four and three for three for me playing. Appreciate that, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you get. That's all you get for for winning three bragging rights games. Trent, you get a round of applause from Ed. Bond. Missouri had some good teams. They went to the Elite Eight. My, my senior year, a very good team. Deion Thomas was only one in three. Our uh, fan, Ed Bond, just uh, chimed in from the sidelines. So thank you, Ed. Have, f- have fun in San Francisco, Steve, with Ed. Thank you. <laughs> so as a player in the bragging rights game, tell me about that. You, I mean, you knew more so than a lot of the other guys because you grew up here and you grew up part of it. But let's talk about that and. And not all these guys are now are from Illinois either. So. Yeah, for me, it, it didn't get a whole lot better than that game. Uh, there's, I don't know if there's any other games in the country where it's literally split, you know, 50-50, and what do you have, about 20,000 people there. I don't know if there's going to be 20,000 this week, but uh, those games were special. Um, just the, the intensity, the bright lights. Um, was fortunate to play pretty well in a couple of those games and, and have three victories on the court. So... I look back on those as, man, just it's like a postseason atmosphere. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, for me at the time, I was you know, dating my girlfriend who played at St. Louis University, and it was just like a special um, event and really fortunate to get some wins there myself. So hopefully we can get back and start another streak here this Saturday. How was, how was the crowd with you? Because I assume they knew you and your background and all that stuff. Were they kind of mean, the Missouri fans especially? I can't remember specifically. I just remember it being a fantastic environment where it's always loud because one team's making a play and their fans are going crazy or the other team makes a play and their fans are going. So it's just nonstop and just such a special environment. So um, it'll be fun to be a spectator now, but there's nothing quite like being on that floor. Not even an NCAA tournament game because – like you say, most of the when you're in a game like that is a neutral court game, and and but but with this one, the crowd split down the middle. It's just unique. Yeah, typically NCAA tournament, there's yeah. multiple teams right. at a site, and and it's and that's a fun environment. Same thing with the Big Ten tournament, but this, I mean, 50-50, and being in St. Louis, right in between the two universities, just makes it a a pretty unique environment that I don't know if is, is matched anywhere around the country. And, uh, you know, the fans get into it. So, again, it's just a really special event. 
Illinois is a pretty veteran team this year with uh, the guys that they have, the, the rotation that Brad Underwood plays. But one of those newcomers is Kofi Coburn, who we mentioned earlier. What advice would you give the big man who, who is going to go into an atmosphere and an environment like that for the first time? Well, Kofi's not the guy I'm worried about. I mean, you know, not only is he always – he's always going to be the biggest, baddest dude on the court. And, and, that, and that helps. But I've been really impressed with his demeanor. I mean, you talk about someone – from the very first exhibition game to, you know, throughout. He, I have not seen him crack one time. It'll be interesting to see if teams try to get under his skin, but he's had so much composure, which is, which is rare for any freshman, let alone a big guy who's, who's been able to kind of get by with just being so big and athletic and explosive. But his poise has been very, very impressive. So um, I, he, in, in a weird way, he's kind of a calming influence, I think, on the team. And that's a bit surprising to me, the, the poise part of it, because he is a freshman. And the other thing, or other two things that have really impressed me and somewhat surprised me about him is, number one, being his size, how well he runs the court, and he's playing without fouling. Most big guys early in their careers don't do that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Coach, Coach Underwood, he speaks pretty highly of his players, but he really kind of played this one close to the vest, and, and really kind of downplayed him. So I, I think fans didn't know really what to expect. And, you, I mean, he can get up, up and down the court with anybody. And at that size, I, I think the fact that he lost 30 pounds in the preseason is such a testament to his discipline, his work ethic, the coaching staff. That's not easy for anyone, let alone a, a 19-year-old who's coming in who maybe hasn't had to have develop great habits because it, things have come so easily. So... I mean, he and, and look at his free throw shooting, how that's improved over the course of the season. Um, so he's just been, I mean, across the board, really impressive. And the scary thing, the great thing for us is he's only going to get better and better. I asked him about that, his ability to run up and down the court. He goes, man, I'm from Jamaica. I got to be able to run. Everybody runs in Jamaica. <laughs> that, that's a good point. That's what, yeah, that's what they're known for. When you talk to guys, and Matt kind of uh, touched on this a little bit, but when you tell guys – when you were playing, who were maybe young in their careers and playing in the bragging rights game for the first time, how did you prep them for that? What did you tell them that they're going into? I, you got to be ready for the intensity. And for us, we didn't have a couple Big Ten games thrown in there. So we, we may have not had a road game like Illinois' experience going to Maryland, going to Arizona. So that should, that should help this, this team this season. But you just got to be ready for the intensity because it is. It's a, it's a postseason game in December. And typically the team that kind of gets that first punch and has a great advantage, the crowd go, gets in their favor. And so to start well is, is very important. So was it tougher to play in a bragging rights game than a central centennial game? <laughs> you know, the, the local rivalries are always fun. At any level, wherever I've been at, I went to a Jefferson versus Franklin Middle School game a couple weeks ago. And it's just it's fun to, to, to be in there where everybody knows each other. When I've been overseas, been able to play in some unique rivalries. It's a little bit different. But uh, whenever you get this rivalry game, crosstown rivalry, middle school, high school, college, professional, it just it, it, it gives a unique uh, twist to it. And it's almost like anybody has a, has a puncher's chance. No matter the record, you can throw those out the window and just makes it fun for everybody. We're talking Illinois basketball with Trent Meacham. If you have a question for Trent, let me know. I'll get a microphone around to you. Phone line is open as well, 356-9397.
need to take a break. We'll do that and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk of the Esquire in just a moment. Stay with us. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. That's a football game coming up in a couple of weeks here at the Esquire. If you're not making the trip to San Francisco, it would be a good place to settle in and watch the Illini and the University of California Bears. Trent Meacham is with us. So is Hope, and she's got some questions. Thanks for coming tonight, Trent. We always enjoy having you here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the camps that you have coming up? And let us know what the most fun thing is that you do with those kids. Wow. Well, thanks for letting me put a plug in for my camp coming up. I appreciate that, Hope. Um, it's always great to come on. And, yes, I have a camp coming up January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. There's going to boys and girls two groups first for kindergarten and first graders from 9 to 10 a.m and then second through fifth graders from 10 to 11:45 a.m you can get all the information on my website trentmeacham.com slash basketball slash get the information register um it should be a great time we've already have a pretty good turnout so it's gonna be a lot of fun for parents great Christmas gift potentially, or you know, you're finishing up winter break, kids get stir crazy, get them out of the house, get some, get some energy out, learn some new things, kick off 2020. So my favorite thing about those camps or anything is, is, is infusing life lessons into the basketball. You know, I think basketball is such a great game. A kid comes to a camp, you want to teach them some basketball fundamentals. That's really important. But also, how can we interweave um, some of the character development throughout? I think sports are maybe the best classroom for teaching life lessons. So I try to emphasize that in any time I do something like that. That was a 60-second ad that I, I will see that you will not be billed for. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks for inviting me, Steve. No problem. And you've got uh, you guys a whole crowd with you too tonight, don't you? Who are some of the folks with you? Whenever I can, I try to bring the family. So my wife, Teresa, three boys, three and under. Malachi and Andrew are twins. They don't look anything or act anything alike, but they're best buddies. And then little man Dominic is one year old. Um, I, I believe my dad Stu's here as well. So they keep us busy. He's chasing after them right now. Either that or he left. I don't know. <laughs> or he sidled up to the bar here. <laughs> the kids or the dad? The kids. I, or the dad, I hope. Not the, right. not the kids. Can they Kid. dribble? We're working on it. We're working on our games right now. So, yep. Yeah, I was, I was just with uh, both of you. You would think they'll be pretty good basketball players. Odds are, right? Well, I'm just hoping they take after my wife because she had some, Correct. you know, I was all right, but she could really play. She better score than you, is that right? Well, she, wasn't, she didn't really pass the ball, so. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> she, could, she could flat out score. Okay. Okay. So um, she had a, that, that scores mentality and, 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 you know, she could go get buckets. So hopefully she's the one teaching our kids. Who, who wins in the game of horse right now? Right now, me, no question. <laughs> wow. She doesn't have a microphone. This is kind of fun. <laughs> she will in a minute. <laughs> or later. How did, how, did, how did you and your wife meet, Trent? We met through um, her brother. Her brother and I was a very good player at St. Louis University from Belleville. Plays professionally in Australia. We were on a Athletes in Action. It's a Christian sports ministry summer team. During our college years, we connected, and I met his little sister about a year later. 
Is so she Teresa, about to, is, is, Yeah, I'm back here, Teresa. So <laughs> you've never heard any of this material before, have you? Well, I, this is my chance to set the record straight, I think. You have the floor. What would you like to say about him saying that you never passed the ball? That's that kind of cold. As I told him, I said, Trent, uh, as good of a shooter as you were, I wish you would have shot it a little bit more. <laughs> See what I mean? Great. You talk about the right mentality, confidence. <laughs> I'd like to talk to I've talked to Trent about this before, but not you. The time that you guys spent overseas, that would be some, uh, some great times for you and uh, probably something you could write a book about at some point. There were uh, life experiences, athletic experiences, social experiences that just, I, I cherish everything that we learned. There were some things that I'm glad we don't have to do again. Um, but overall, I think it was an experience that we wouldn't trade for the world. There were a couple of times, at least one time I know of, where he thought he was done, then he decided to play again. So I, I imagine uh, there were some unique conversations going on there about that. I actually, I think it happened about three times, and uh, often during the preseason, but those times I don't think he was ever as serious. I, in, in all seriousness, though, um, the overseas lifestyle, I think it offers a lot of benefits. It's, it is difficult in a way to be hard, you know, away from family, um, but I think it's something that over time we just came to really value, and then when we had our own kids... Uh, the writing was on the wall that it was just time to be in the States. Good to see you. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Speaking of overseas, Trent, you stay in touch with Michael Finke. How's he doing? Thanks, for Teresa, for not being too cruel to me. That was, I appreciate that. <laughs> Michael Finke, yeah, he, you know, he, he started off the season very well. He was in Poland with a team playing in uh, the Polish League, but also in the International League. And he actually just made a move to a different team. I'm not sure all the details, but um, it's a very good opportunity for him. He's in Estonia. Can't pronounce the team name he's with, but he's playing in what's called the VTB League. Some of, some of the very best teams around Europe are, are in that league, including Malcolm Hill's team. Malcolm Hill's in uh, Astana, Kazakhstan. Uh, second coldest city in the world. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Malcolm's doing very well. I saw, I was telling Matt, he had a big game against one of the best teams in Europe just a few days ago. So they'll probably face each other this season. What, 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 go ahead, Matt. What, what's it like now for <clears throat> college players these days, maybe compared to when you were ending your college career and, you know, finding out chances to play overseas? I'm sure the information might be more accessible now than it was when you kind of went into it at all. Well, I think this right here. This cell these, phone. I mean, now I think it's, there's more exposure with YouTube, with Instagram, People, you know, you feel more connected at home. If you're a young guy going over there, you can get on FaceTime. You can whatever you want to do. And I think that makes it so much easier. And you're talking just 10 years ago when, when I started. wasn't that long, long ago. Uh, you know, and, and not to say we, we would get on Skype at, at, at home. We didn't have the phone. And, and, um, but even, you know, five, 10 years before that, it's, it's making phone calls. It's maybe an email or letter. So that's just helped, I think, young players just feel more connected as they get overseas being able to talk to friends and family and share, I think to share the experiences makes it a powerful thing, which social media allows you to do. Is the money reasonable, I, I, without getting too personal, but was it living the, wage or was The it money is that? all the above, so you could you know, be a professional basketball player, make you know, maybe $1,000 a month, and they might okay. give you a part-time job or something, or you can make over $100,000 okay. a month. So there's wow. a wide range. Sure. I was somewhere there in the middle. 
Um, and and there's, there's more to the lower end than the upper end, but um, there's a very, very good level uh, of play and pay in some places, but there's just a very wide range. Is it right that the pro NBA people are always looking? So uh, would a, would a no. player that came from here go, go to Estonia have a chance to be seen and, and maybe brought back over here? No question. I think that the, the cream kind of rises to the top. Right. And if you looked in the NBA last year, the MVP – from Greece, the rookie of the year was from Slovenia. The most improved player was from Cameroon. The the defensive player of the year was from France. So I mean, you look around. The GM of the year is from Nigeria. You know, basketball maybe more than any other sport is a world's game, and it's playing all over the world. Even you know, I mentioned my brother-in-law plays in Australia. Two of the best um, that would be freshmen Americans are playing in that league. They chose to not go to college. Uh, one could be the, the number one pick in the draft, LaMelo Ball, and then another, R.J. Hampton, likely be a, a lottery pick. So, again, basketball is a world's game. You see our team. We have Jamaica. We have Georgia. We have Belgium. And I think that just makes it, it, makes it special. I think it's added to the game. It adds to those teams. And that's really, you know, again, you talk about the world getting smaller. That's, that's happening as we speak in the basketball world. You probably ran into people that you know over there overseas and people you played against too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, you get connected. The, the basketball world is small, too. You know, it's, it's only a couple degrees of separation. Uh, I didn't play against too many Illini guys. I played against Demir Kripalia. So he was quite a bit older than me. I played against Brian Randall and Jamar Smith. Um, I, there was a lot of Big Ten guys. For whatever reason, I was teammates with a number of Ohio State guys. David Lighty, who might be the all-time winning Big Ten player, was teammates of mine for, for four years. Uh, also played with Deshaun Thomas uh, from Ohio State. So it's always fun to then get maybe get to know some of these guys that you compete against, get to know their families, and it kind of humanizes them. And, you know, even these Buckeyes or, you know, Badgers, you know, most of them aren't, aren't, aren't bad guys. I know the fans probably don't want to hear that, but <laughs> typically they're, they're good guys. How do you even go about starting the process of, okay, I want to play professional basketball overseas and – I wanted to be in this spot, or do you just kind of go where the first phone call comes? Yeah, I never really dreamed of it. And, you know, doing decent in college, I guess, and, and, and I was able to get connected to an agent and had to fire that agent, but got another agent and got a decent job. Didn't make hardly any money my first year, but it was a, it was a good opportunity and uh, was able to progress from there. But, yeah, most, most guys will, will, will get an agent that has the connections that can kind of place you in and in, in get, get you connected into a, a country or a league that hopefully benefits you, allows you to grow as a player. I see that another former alumni, Corey Bradford, is playing in his 18th Wow. Season. Shout out to Corey Bradford, man. That's, I got a lot of respect for that. I don't know where all he's been, but I'm sure it's in a lot of places. He's been all over the world. I know he's been throughout Europe. I know he's been out th- throughout the Middle East and South America. So I, I have a lot of respect for longevity. There, there's one thing, it's one thing to have a good game. It's another thing to have a good season. You know, it's one thing to have a good season. It's another thing to have a, a, a long career. So anybody that's producing at a high level for a long time is, is very impressive. Let's go back to Hope in the first row in the She's, reserve uh, seat uh, section. We don't, we don't need Scott Ritchie here every <laughs> week. We just have Hope. From the players that you got to know, play against, and with, how many of them go into coaching? That's a great question. I think a lot of guys go into coaching um, because they love, they love the game, they enjoy the game. I know for me it's fun to be able to give back, and not that I'm getting into coaching. But, uh, yeah, there's a number of guys. You look at most coaches, they were either players or they were 
typically managers in college that just absolutely love the game and just willing to grind and, and, and work their way up the ranks. Got another question from the audience? Yes, Trent, what was the largest facility that you played in overseas, and what are their facilities like? Well, it's not like what they're building here on these campuses, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, my first year in Austria, we were playing in uh, maybe in front of 1,500 people. Uh, but there's, there's kind of all the above. I say typically maybe five to seven or 8,000, typically. But now these fans, it's, it's a different story, too. Um, it can, you know, the, I think the largest I played in front of was 15, 16,000, but typically five to 7,000. Sometimes, uh, you know, for, for example, one game in, in, in Belgrade, Serbia, we had to have a SWAT team protecting us. And we had to have a protective bearer over our bench because they're throwing things on the, on the court. I mean, we had two hours before the game we get there, and there's a whole SWAT team with riot gear. And <laughs> just to make sure nobody gets out of hand, have you seen some of the hooligans, as they say, as they call them? But, you know, there's a little bit more of a fear factor, I'd say, you know, kind of like, well, why do we need all this protection? But that kind of, you know, it, it, those are experiences that I'll never forget and just, you know, different so it, it makes the bragging rights look tame, is what you're saying. It's just different. I mean, <laughs> it's just different. But some, some of these gyms are filled with smoke. And, you know, and it's just uh, it's a very different environment. And, but, you, but once you get, get out there on the court, you almost feed off the energy, whether it's for you or against you. We're talking basketball with Trent Meacham. Feel free to join us by phone, 356-9397. Or if you're here in the Esquire, let me know. I'll get a microphone around to you. We'll take a break. And be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk from the Esquire in downtown Champaign after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. One more segment with Trent Meacham. If you'd like to join us, let us know. Trent, you're in a position in the last couple of years more so now than you have been in the past to follow Illinois basketball a little more closely. What do you think of this team through 11 games? Yeah, we're, I think we're learning about them. And, and coming into this season, everybody knew we had more talent than we've had. And that was apparent. Um, but how were those pieces going to fit? And I think we're still figuring that out. But I, I, I think we saw this talent. I think they thought we had this talent that we're just going to kind of show up and, and – out, outscore teams, and this is going to be kind of a beautiful brand of basketball. And that first month or so of the season, we're kind of playing that out. We really had one test against Arizona. We came back home, had a number of, I mean, really bad teams we played, and I don't think that helped us. And then Miami just kind of hit us in the jaw, and, and I think we're kind of stumbling. But I looked at that Maryland game as kind of what turned it around, and I even think about Coach Underwood after that game and how positive and how optimistic he was. And I think as fans, we get really into the, the wins and losses. Of course, we want to see us win. But Underwood, I think, I think he saw this identity starting to form. Of, you know what? We're, we're, we're not a great passing team. We're not a very good shooting team either. But we're great rebounding. We're, we can be really good defensively. We started, we, we've gotten really disciplined there. So I think this kind of this... Um, old school kind of uh, bully ball, I would say, where, you know, that starts with Kofi, but even our guards, Andres Feliz, great rebounder, Ayo's great rebounder, DeMonte, Allen Griffin, great rebounder. So this team that can really be tough defensively because we got quickness, we got length, we got size, and we're defending without fouling. And offense hasn't been the prettiest, 
But I look at the Michigan game. We have we have six six assists the entire game. We make one three pointer. Those aren't great metrics, but yet we control the game. So I think that's really encouraging to this team going forward. That if we play this brand of basketball, that's tough, hard nosed, great defensively. We rebound the ball. Um, we could be very good and compete with anybody. Because this would be a team that could play really well in the tournament because, because of the things you said, rebounding and defense, because those kind of never go away, right? Yeah, I think especially rebounds, something that really translates. Right. And, and def- you know, every night you're not going to be hitting your shots. We really haven't shot the ball that well. So if we can get a little bit of flow there, rhythm there now, really watch out. But if we can do those two things, defense, play defense and Maryland – Michigan, we've been really good. I mean, we've been right. connected. We've been disciplined. We've been rotating like we need to. We got Kofi back there that does not foul and is such a force on both ends. So, yeah, those are things you carry those night in, night out. Now you really have a chance. There have been 13 Big Ten conference games played. Each team is playing two in the month of December. One yet to be played. Michigan State plays at Northwestern Wednesday night. The home team has won every game so far. I'm going with Michigan State Wednesday night, though. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that. I think that streak might end. They'll be in first place by themselves. Everybody else will be tied for second. But my point is going to be that on the road, especially what we've seen so far, is just going to be tough everywhere you go. It is. And I think across college basketball, the Big Ten's no different. There's a lot of good teams, but there's, I don't know if there's any great teams. And in the Big Ten, I mean, everywhere can be a tough environment. And you look at what Nebraska did to Purdue – um, last night, I mean, nobody was expecting that. So uh, we got to protect home court. But now if we can start stealing some on the road like we almost did at Maryland. We, you know, that's, that's where you can separate yourself because there's a lot of teams right there, you know, that, that could make a leap in the upper half. Or, but it's going to be, uh, you know, night in, night out. It's, it's a, it's a dogfight in the Big Ten. For some of these teams like Ohio State and Indiana, when they played that first Big Ten road game, that was the first road game anywhere. You know, so I think that helped Illinois by going to Arizona and playing a couple of games out there. That's a big thing. It's, it's your, these are your first couple road games of the season, and a lot of young guys in prominent roles, they've never experienced that. So that can really be tough. And then plus, I think those teams that you know, have been in the bottom, that weren't expected to, to do very well, they have a sense of urgency. Nebraska, Minnesota, they, have a, they had a sense of urgency and kind of playing with their backs against the walls, start off well, the crowd's behind them, then it's, it's really tough if you're that, that visiting team. I would assume who came into this year with such lofty, heightened expectations, almost kind of became the, the face of this program, and still is, so to speak. Just how would you assess you know, how his sophomore season's going, you know, almost a third of the way through? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Um, he hasn't performed as well as the fans thought. I think even as he thought he would. Um, and, and everybody's kind of adjusting to different roles, and that's mostly because of Kofi. You know, everybody's adjusting a little bit. You know, his shot hasn't fallen like um, I think it can. But I, I think he needs to, um, one, he's, he's so good in transition. I think he needs to feed more off d- defensively. If he can really be um, harass teams, be disruptive on, on defense, he gets deflections, get in the open court, because that's where he's most effective. And I think in the half court, he needs to do a better job of playing without the ball. So we don't have too many guys that are great without the ball. Can he create a little advantage before he gets the ball and be better off the catch? I think that's where he could really improve um, as opposed to having the ball up top, dancing with the ball, using ball screens. And if he can do that, I think he can make a a big leap in, in just in development.
Who does he, he remind you of? Remind you of? Because he looks like different guys to me. Maybe a combo of different people. What about you? What do you think when you see this guy? That's a good question, and I haven't thought of this. But the first name that came up was Leandro Barbosa, okay. the Brazilian blur. Sure. You know who I'm talking about? Sure, of course. Great career with the the Phoenix Suns, and just you know the blur. You know, in 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 uh, wasn't kind of took a had a a set shot from a three from the three, but was right. a pretty good shooter, but so good in transition. And I, I think that'd be a good guy for him to study. That's the first name that came to my mind. What about you? I think it looks like a small shack is what I kind of think. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Will you say Io? No, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking about, talking about Kofi. I thought, I, you mentioned, I thought you mentioned I thought you meant Io too. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, Kofi, I changed subjects. Kofi is no Leandro Barbosa. <laughs> I was wrong about that. So, so let's go Kofi. But we, okay, Io, you got that nailed now, so we're good there. <laughs> Kofi, I mean, Shaq is the, the first name, the, the first okay. vision that comes to my mind, too, just because of his size, but also his athleticism. Right. I mean, I'm not saying he's Shaq, but that's, that's the comparable that kinda, to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't think Shaq was ever cut the way that uh, Kofi is. Shaq was big, big, all the way around. Kofi is lean, I'm and, telling and, you now. And Kofi's making, he's a lean 285. Kofi's making his free throws. Yeah. Which you can read about in Tuesday's News Gazette, because Scott Ritchie has a story about that. So there's your tease. And Shaq couldn't run the court quite like no. Kofi does. But young, a young Shaq was pretty lean, pretty darn fast getting up oh down the court. So um, let's, let's maybe pause a little bit as we're comparing him to one of the, the, the greats. But yeah, Pump the I mean, he, he's already a better free throw shooter to him, and that's, than him. And that's huge, because you know he's going to get to the line. You know he's just, he creates so much contact that he's going to be at that line a lot. And it's also a different era. So right, in, in, right. in college, he's, he's so effective. And it'll be interesting how that translates to the next level. Um, what's fun and what's good for him is he's getting challenged in the Big Ten. There's a lot of good centers in the Big Ten. His first two games, Jalen right. Smith, uh, John Teske, there's plenty more to come. So that'll be fun to watch how he develops, how he progresses. But no matter who he's going up against, he's still going to have a strength and probably explosive advantage on those guys. And, sh- and the refs may not want to be near him after right. <laughs> what he did against Michigan. I should be, you're impressed by his temperament, correct? I, that yes. seems to me like it's crazy because you'd think he could have been picked on and get into squabbles and then get fouls, and he's not doing that. It's pretty amazing. I haven't seen him one time lose his composure. Right. Maybe amazing. I missed something. No, no. And it, right. it will be interesting to see what teams do the second time around. Right. Because none of these teams can – Gain, can prep for him. They've never really seen someone like him. Right. They've never competed against someone like him. And there's just a. I think he moves people easier than, you know, than than you would think. He gets up and down the court quicker. He def, again, he defends without fouling. He's he's just a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit quicker. That they can't prep for that. So it'll be interesting second time around. What do they do to combat that or potentially try to get under his skin? Are you able to watch the game as a fan? Or does the player in you always come out when you watch basketball? I, you know, that's <laughs> I, I don't know how to be a fan. I really, I really don't know how to be a fan. I, I cheer for the Illini for sure, but it's, um, you know, in, in some ways, too, I spent my whole career, and, and it's easy to, to um, you know, live and die with every victory and defeat, and that kind of, I had enough experience in that myself to, to realize this isn't, this isn't, you know, worth it. Um, and in typically when I played, I typically played better when I didn't get so caught up in the bottom line or the end, end result either. But now it's just it's fun to um, 
it's fun to just kind of take in to see growth, to see development, to kind of watch the different schemes, see the interaction between the team, the coaches. And that's the stuff I just enjoy, uh, enjoy watching. I don't know if I would consider myself a, a fan in that regard, but I just enjoy watching all the different dynamics, especially the interpersonal dynamics. When you're at home watching on TV, are you yelling at the TV? When no, you, I don't. I, you I don't, really, you no. don't. Okay, I believe I don't. that. I, believe I that. keep my composure. You're, you're quick. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, you were. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course you were. You were a fan <laughs> before you were a player growing up here. Who's your all-time favorite Illini? Wow. Corey Bradford would be up there for sure. Corey Bradford, you know, I love these guys that could shoot, had some skill. You know, I, so I think back to Keywan's kind of the first guy that really stood out to me. And then I can't, I can't say one, but then Matt Hellman, Kevin Turner were so good together. Corey Bradford and Frank Williams. I'm kind of naming the guards because those are the guys I look at, emulate. Um, and then that went on to, to D and Darren. So I just followed that progression of guards. We, we had a great, you know, backcourts dating back to, you know, as far as I can remember. And I can't name one, though. Fan, fans will remember you first went to the University of Dayton, played there for a year. Talk about that process of how you ended up back in Champaign. Yeah, and Dayton's a great program. They're very good this year. They've been good consistently. They've, they have great fans, a great arena there. And for me, it really came down to I had this dream of playing in Illinois and, and felt like there's potential there. And you know, I left a scholarship at Dayton and, and really a pretty good situation there. Um, was backcourt mates with a, a guy, Brian Roberts, that played in the NBA for, for quite a while. Uh, but felt like there was an opportunity here and kind of took a chance. And uh, it wasn't maybe as easy as it would have been sticking where I was, but I'm very thankful I did. One of your teammates here at Illinois, uh, Chester Frazier, assistant coach at Virginia Tech. Uh, are you surprised to see him pursue the coaching path? Was that something that when you guys were playing together that, that's, you know, that he wanted to pursue at all? Yeah, I'm not surprised one bit. And he, he always, I knew he wanted to be a coach, and he was doing pretty well professionally. He just played a couple years, um, but I'm not surprised. He, from, even as a player, he was so he was all about the team. It's easy to kind of be self-focused because you got to there's so many things you got to do as a player, but he was always about the team. Him and coach Weber were really tight even then and and really enjoyed seeing his teammates have success, which is kind of a rare quality. A guy that enjoys seeing his teammates do well was awesome and no surprise there and he's in a great situation. I take your you're not surprised by what Coach Weber has done at Kansas State. I assume you're thinking No, and, yeah. and I'm very, very happy for him. He's not only a great coach, but a great man. Right. And I think it's, it was almost a second start for him mm -hmm. and was maybe able to, to um, do things exactly how he wanted to and really establish his, a program that's consistently good. So very happy for him. We, we ask this question each, uh, each August to Illinois football players about who does their – Best impression of the coach at the time is Lovey Smith. The last four seasons, looking back on your playing career, what teammate did the best impression of, of Bruce Weber? Well, Chester was pretty good, and Chester had this unique—you know—he would call Bruce Bruce. He wouldn't call him <laughs> coach, and he just had this this relationship with him. But he, him, or Bubba Chisholm, walk on Bubba, a good friend of mine. He was he was pretty funny impersonating the, the coaches. We've got a special guest down here. <laughs> what what is your name, young man? A little, a little bit louder. Uh, are you, you seeing your dad up there? What do you think he's doing? Is he doing a good job? Yeah. <laughs> My man Malachi, what's up? Good. Maybe you ought to do this interview. He's not, he's not opening up to me. <laughs> what do you, did you have fun at the Illini game on Saturday? 
He said, yeah, before you got done answering the question. That, that's a pretty good inv- indication they don't want to be interviewed. And there he went. <laughs> Back to the bragging rights game real quick. If you had a chance to talk to the team, would just trying to survive the first four minutes to settle down, would that be one of your keys of the game, to, just to get that atmosphere off and running? There's, there's got to be a combination of, of, of intensity with composure, okay? And that's kind of what makes Georgie and Kofi kind of a nice yin and yang. Um, but you got to be intense. You can't, let, you, you can't just let the game come to you. you got to dictate, okay, this is how we're going to play. Um, and we have to do that. I think you do that defensively, rebounding, and then taking care of the ball. You know, if you just take care of the ball on offense, you know, if we can get the ball on the rim, sometimes that's our best offense is get it on the rim, go in, go in and get it. Um, but then also just enjoy it. Kind of embrace that atmosphere, enjoy it. It's a very special environment, and really tell them to soak that up and enjoy it. That's Trent Meacham, everybody. Thanks, Trent. We Thanks, appreciate Trent. it. Thanks, Thank Trent. You. And we'll be here, as we mentioned, once again next Monday night. Thanks for listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Esquire on Monday Night Sports Talk. Have a good night, everybody.